Good afternoon. At least the sun has come out. This is Blue Jays Talk. I'm Blake Murphy. That was Ben Wagner and Caleb Joseph on the call for you on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Ugly one. Jays lose 10-2 to the Baltimore Orioles. Not a competitive game whatsoever. If you missed it or for some reason want to relive it, Kevin Gosman gives up seven, five earned, over two and a third innings, three strikeouts, one walk, big tax on the bullpen. We're going to talk, I'm sure. We're going to take your your calls. We're, we're going to take your uh, texts at 590-590. You can call star 590 on your mobile, or you can call 888-666-0590 or 416-870-0590. We'll take those. Uh, before we get into them, a couple notes on today's game. There's going to be talk, of course, about if Gossman's tipping. Uh, it came up in the Minnesota game. There's already, there are already questions in the text line about exactly that. The big thing today with his splitter was location. Um, I've got his pitch chart in front of me. Not only did he not throw it for strikes very much, if he's going to throw that splitter out of the zone, where he wants to be is in the competitive low part of the zone, where it's potentially a ball, but it's hard to pick up that it's a ball until the last minute. He only threw six of those splitters below the strike zone, and you'd only call two of those competitive pitches. The others missed by quite a bit. Um, He had a couple that caught the edge of the plate, but for the most part, he was missing way off the plate, not missing down. That's a tough one for him. The encouraging thing would be, I suppose, that that's an easier fix. That's a location fix. That's not a tipping fix. That's not a, they're completely laying off of it when you're putting it in the good spots you were so successful. And this is a, you were missing your spots and you were missing them pretty consistently thing. It's not great. Only got seven swing and misses on the day total. He only went two and a third inning, but. That's not a lot of swing and misses for uh, for Kevin Gosman from what we've come to expect. Zero called strikes on the splitter. Not once did he throw one in the zone that didn't get swung at. Uh, Not a lot of tricking the Baltimore Orioles there with the splitter today. He tried to go to the slider for a little bit. It was moderately effective, but he's not nearly as comfortable with that as his number two as he is with the splitter, uh, or in this case, the number one, uh, he threw more splitters than anything else. Poorly located. It was a tough one for Gosman. Puts a big tax on the bullpen. Um, Gosman, by the way, I would imagine as we get post-game audio over the next little bit, he's going to say something about the balls, at least early in the game. Um, He was frustrated with the balls early on and then had them change out for another batch. His spin rate on his splitter was way down in this one. So there is some statistical evidence that maybe he was having trouble with the balls, at least early on. You still got to locate a little better. The Jays' bullpen, this is, uh, I know there are a couple texts about this in the text line, about the Jays kind of punting on this one once they got behind 7-1. At the end of the fourth inning, they're down 7-1. 
their win expectancy at that point is a little less than 4%. So they make the decision to try as best they can to save the bullpen for this weekend series against the New York Yankees. You might say a Baltimore Orioles game, even down 7-1 after just four innings, is more winnable than any game starting 0-0 against the, uh, against the Yankees. That's not entirely fair or true, um, not even close statistically, but even by feel, that's not true. Uh, what the Jays opted to do was live to fight another day. And to do that, they leaned on Jeremy Beasley for three innings and Matt Gage for two. Those guys allowed a combined three earned runs over five innings. It's not bad. For uh, a day, your starter only goes two and a third. You only have to use three bullpen arms and two guys at the very end of your bullpen depth chart give you a combined five innings that doesn't kill you. Uh, it mostly doesn't kill you because the bats never came around to do anything. The Jays scatter eight hits, uh, finished with two runs, just one walk over the last two games now, uh, two for seven with runners on scoring position and seven men left on base in this one. Frustrating one at the dish for them. Gosman's the story, though, and this puts the bullpen in a bit of an interesting spot heading into the Yankees series. You would imagine Beasley and Gage are not on the roster tomorrow. The Jays will need arms up. Uh, Ross Stripling starts tomorrow, and he's been tremendous the last in his first two starts coming since transitioning from the bullpen. They're not going to let him go a third time through the order against the Yankees, I don't think. And those around the team that we've talked to on Jays Talk Plus and Ben and Caleb, it doesn't sound like anyone thinks, at least for right now, he's going to go a third time through the order. It's certainly not against the Yankees. It's a trial. So Beasley and Gage are kind of those fringe guys anyway that are going to go up and down. That's the role that they fill. Come Monday, one of them was going to go down anyway because the Jays have to lose a pitcher in favor of a position player. Sounds like Zach Collins will probably be the guy who comes up but you'll have to monitor uh, the injury situations as well. Matt Chapman sat again today uh, as his sore wrist was bothering him again, and Bobachet Falbon off his foot, came out of the game, x-rays negative, but we'll see how he feels over the course of the weekend. Maybe you opt to get another infielder up instead if those guys are banged up. Um, that's a decision for Monday probably because you need extra arms for this weekend. Uh, by the way, Matt Chapman being out, and Bobachet coming out of the game meant Santiago Espinal moved to shortstop. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. played third base. If there was anything to take from this game with a smile, it was Vladimir Guerrero playing some third base. The first time since April of 2021 he's played there. He has not started there since 2019. He only has two innings over the last uh, two seasons and then got a couple in today. So at least that was a fun little wrinkle at the at the very end, I suppose. Uh, you're losing 10-2. You take what you can get. So what the bullpen looks like tomorrow and for the Yankees series this weekend, I'm not sure. There are a couple options down at AAA. Thomas Hatch and Casey Lawrence are both well-rested. Lawrence would have to be pulled from his start tonight down in Buffalo. He's pitched really well as a starter down there. I think you know what you're going to get if he's the last guy in your bullpen. It's nothing to be too, too excited about, but he has pitched really well. Thomas Hatch has... A couple of good starts on his under his belt after a really poor start to the season. You could look at a Max Castillo who has the best numbers. Keith Law was on with me on Blue Jays Talk Plus yesterday and is not super high on Castillo. He also threw four innings on Tuesday, so he's probably not rested enough up uh, yet to come 
up for Friday. Nate Pearson threw two innings on Tuesday. He's been getting long gaps in between his sessions. Maybe that's an option. You also have Hagen Danner, Bowden Francis, and Anthony Kay on the 40-man. Don't think you're getting too excited about those guys. I have assumed that Hyunjin Ryu will eventually go on the 60-day DL, and the corresponding move will be Nate Pearson has to come off the 60-day DL within the next week. You could maybe juggle this where you open up a 40-man spot temporarily, move Ryu to the 60-day, get another arm up, like an Adrian Hernandez who's not on the 40-man yet. The real takeaway here is that none of these options are great, and if you have to use any of these names I've just said against the New York Yankees on the weekend, things have either gone very poorly or you're up by a significant amount and things have gone really well. You don't want to see uh, a Thomas Hatch or a Casey Lawrence or a Hagen Dan or a... I would want to see Adrian Hernandez, but in general, you probably don't want to see someone you just added to the 40 man in a weekend series like this. So kudos to Jeremy Beasley and Matt Gage for eating those five innings. Really. We'll see how the Jays do on the weekend, but your confidence level heading into the series against the Yankees is at least a little bit higher knowing that you didn't have to have a full bullpen day after a day. Gosman only gave you two and a third. Keep your texts coming to 590-590. Keep the calls coming. Star 590 or 888-666-0590 or 416-870-0590. I know Billy in Markham has a thought on Kevin Gossman. Billy, what's up? How are you doing? Where are the boys today? They uh, get out early after the the blowout or what? I don't don't know how it works. They they just tell me to be here and I'm here. Good good for you. Listen. A couple of things. I remember talking to Jeff early in the year, and I said, don't sleep on this Oriole team. And I, yep. I kind of got laughed at. I'm telling you, it's going to be a five-team race in this, this division the next couple of years. Plus, the Orioles are picking number one overall in the draft coming up. This Oriole team, don't sleep on them. They're, they're not a bad baseball team. I'm not surprised what they did to the Jays today. But listen, as for Kevin Gossman, I, I've been down to a couple games this year, and, and when I go down, I like to sit right behind the plate, right behind the dish so I can watch the pitcher. And, and, and he is, he's not tipping his pitches, but he's showing, he's showing you his splitter. And, and I'm, sit, I'm sitting, t- you know, 10 rows back. Look at when you throw fastball, curveball, slider, um, cutter, it's all the same grip. You have two fingers over the ball. Maybe it's a little bit different on the ball, but it, it's almost the same grip, and, and, and you can't pick that up. Not the best eyes in the game can pick up, whether it's a slider or it's a, a fastball out of the pitcher's hand. But I'll tell you what, when you're a fastball change-up guy or a fastball splitter, when you throw the change-up or you throw the splitter, your hands are on top of the ball. Plus, not only that, he throws three-quarter arm or his arm is way outside. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. I can almost call every splitter that he's going to throw sitting in the stands. And I remember how we fixed this. We had two guys that, that, um, that got fixed by Pete Walker. One was, if you remember Marco Estrada, when yeah. he first came here, he got lit up like a Christmas tree. When, when Ross Stripling first came here, he got lit up. What they did was, they, they they changed their they they had him coming over the top. Now I don't know if you can have uh, Gosman throwing over the top instead of three quarter arm. He's done it his whole career, but at least that way, Stripling and Stripling and um, Estrada, Estrada became yeah became great. They became really good pitchers because you couldn't pick it up. But I'm telling you guys, I can, I can pick up his splitter sitting in the stands, 
And that's what I think is what's happening because with a three-quarter arm, you a, a good hitter with good eyes can see it coming out of his hand that his fingers are on top of the ball and not over the ball like a fastball or curveball. Uh, that's all I got. That's all I, I, I wanted to throw my two cents in and, and tell you what I thought. That's it. No, I, I appreciate it, Billy. It was great to hear from you. Um, I especially agree with you on the Orioles thing. They're starting to look a little dangerous already. They have the best farm system in baseball. Two of those guys are already up and five more are AAA. I don't think we're too far away from the Orioles being a problem. The Kevin Gosman tip pitching or, or giving it away, we'll see. I, I got to rewatch some of the video. Today, to me, it was a lot about splitter location. Like I said earlier, uh, he didn't have many competitive splitters at the bottom of the zone. He was missing off the plate more. Uh, when that pitch is working best, it's missing. If it's missing, it's missing down because that's such a hard swing decision. You're inducing weak contact. Baltimore, whether it's because of Billy's thought that you can see what's coming, whether it's because of the location, uh, they didn't have too much trouble with the splitter today. Zero called strikes on the splitter, only five swing and misses. Uh, those are pretty shaky numbers by Kevin Gosman's standards. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to look around the AL East ahead of this Yankee series. We're going to continue to take your texts at 590-590 and your calls at 888 or star 590 on your mobile. I'm Blake Murphy. Jay's Talk returns in a few minutes. Welcome back to Blue Jays Talk. I'm Blake Murphy, filling in for Blair and Barker. That was scheduled, but I feel like even if it wasn't, they would have looked at this game after the fourth inning or so and done the same thing Charlie Montoyo did, which was, ah, call in the low-leverage bullpen. Uh, get Jeremy Beasley and Matt Gage in here to eat some innings. So I'm Blake Murphy. I'm with you for the next half hour or so. Keep your texts coming to 590-590. Your call is coming to 888-666-0590. The New York Yankees are coming to Toronto next, so things do not get easier. They get much, much, much more difficult. It's a good time, then, for the Bet365 standings update. With Bet365, you can bet on things like player props, totals, or the money line across many different sports. 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. Here's a look at the current MLB team standings. After the Jays lost today, they're down to 37-26. and 26. The Yankees kicking it at 46-16 and 16 still. They'll play later tonight against Tampa Bay. Jays are nine and a half back in the division. Huh. 742 win percentage for the Yankees. Not great. Uh, the Rays come in a game and a half behind the Jays entering play tonight. The Red Sox, two games back of that at 531. The thing that the Red Sox have to keep their eye on right now is that the Cleveland Guardians are up to 32 and 27. They're in a wild card spot if things ended right now. So maybe it's not going to be four AL East teams after all in the playoffs. It certainly doesn't seem like there's going to be a, a team from uh, the West, the way things stand right now. The number two team in the AL West, Texas Rangers, four games under 500. Uh, it's going to be too competitive for that. But Cleveland's in the mix there. Boston Red Sox have really come on of late. Their schedule is about to turn hellacious. They've... You got to credit a team doing such a good job cleaning up against poor competition. But a lot, basically their entire next month is against winning teams. So we'll, we'll they'll be tested in the same way the Jays were 
early in the year. So far, the Red Sox have only played teams above 522 times. They're 9 and 13 in those. Uh, the Jays are 16 and 18 for comparison. They played 34, way more than the other teams at the top of the AL East. And you're getting three more this weekend against the New York Yankees. Again, Yankees nine and a half up on the Jays. Jays now 37 and 26, one and a half up on Tampa, but firmly right now in that top wild card spot. That has been your Bet365 standings update. Quick look ahead to the weekend, and we'll tee this up a lot on Jays Talk Plus tomorrow, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. I'm sure Blair and Barker, 10 to 12 a.m. will we'll be. 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. rather, we'll be teeing it up as well. But you've got Ross Stripling against Jordan Montgomery on Friday, Alec Manoa against Jamison Tyon on Saturday, and Yusei Kikuchi against Garrett Cole on Sunday. A couple of fun matchups. Based on their last visit, by the way, the Yankees are fully vaccinated. At least the players who were on the roster at the start of May are because they had nobody on the restricted list for that trip. Luis Severino is on the COVID IL, but he wasn't scheduled to pitch for the Yankees this series Anyway, might be a hit to them tonight, though, against the Rays. So keep an eye on that one. Let's get back to some of your calls. Let's uh, let's uh, take a spin to the region. My stomping grounds. Let's talk to Kevin in Kitchener. Kevin, what's up, man? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, no problem. Uh, anytime it's a Cambridge, Kitchener, Waterloo, something like that, that goes to the top of the list for me. Okay, good stuff. So what I want to comment is uh, about the bullpen and, and kind of the lack of upgrade during the offseason of the bullpen, right? Like last year, we missed out the playoffs, and there was a stretch of, you know, probably about two to three weeks where the bullpen was terrible, and it cost us a bunch of games. And, you know, we, we ended up missing the playoffs by one game. And I feel like in the offseason, the bullpen and upgrading it should have been a priority. And, you know, the Jays spent very little money doing anything in the bullpen. And I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Like, you know, it, it was an obvious need in, in 2021, and they didn't really address it in 2022. And now, you know, we're we're going, we're, we're kind of, it's Groundhog Day again. I mean, the, the bullpen is leaking oil nowadays. And, you know, uh, I don't think any lead for me feels safe when, when, when guys in the bullpen come in. I understand that concern. Kevin from Kitchener, thanks so much for the call. It's true. The bullpen was not addressed financially this offseason the Jays sit right now at the exact middle point of the league in terms of bullpen ERA coming in at 398 they have less bat missing stuff than you would like your bullpen to have I think they do do a good job not issuing walks not giving up freebies but they don't strike out a lot of guys and it's harder to have that confidence level game-to-game, inning-to-inning, when a lot of your relievers are the pitch-to-contact type or or the could-get-into-trouble type, like we saw with Jimmy Garcia yesterday, who was the offseason spend and has, for the most part, been pretty good. I think the Jays would tell you they're comfortable with Simber and Garcia and Romano, Meza, but after that, it starts to thin out. I don't have Trevor Richards in my trust tree or anywhere near it. Trent Thornton's been awesome eating up bulk innings so far this year. But Trent Thornton also has a track record of being, you know, a lower leverage guy over a larger sample. So I'm with you. I would say the front office would probably tell you that of all the things you can address in season, the bullpen is the easiest and the cheapest to address in season. Relief pitching is very volatile year to year. So um, it, it could, they could believe, and they have operated this way, that spending 
mid to low tier prospects mid season on relievers is a more reliable approach than spending money and, and taking those lottery tickets in the off season. We'll see how that turns out. You're going to be competing with a lot of other teams for bullpen arms on the trade market. I don't think anyone is ever happy with their bullpen heading into the postseason. The Jays just have to hope that the strong ish back end of their bullpen can make up for what's probably going to be a churn at the back of the bullpen this next little bit. I mentioned off the top that Jeremy Beasley and Matt Gage combined to eat five innings today, which is great when your starter only goes two and a third and you only have to end up using three bullpen arms. David Phelps was the other guy who got into the game. You're pretty happy with that. But I listed off the other names that are on the 40 man right now who are, you know, recall options. If, if Gage and Beasley are headed down to back down to AAA after this one to get some fresh arms up this weekend. And it's not a great list. And as Mike in the text line pointed out to me, Hagen Danner is also injured. I, I listed him as a name on the 40 man because he is, but he hasn't pitched yet this year. So uh, that's another, another way that that gets thinned out. You're looking at a Thomas Hatch or a Casey Lawrence, um, Bowden Francis and Anthony Kerr on the 40 man. You could clear a 40 man spot by moving Hyunjin Ryu to the 60-day DL and then either activating Nate Pearson or adding someone else like an Adrian Hernandez. But again, none of these options are great. You're going to need bullpen depth over the course of a season. No one expects to never have a, a stretch where your bullpen's overworked or, or your bullpen is uh, looking shaky. But yeah, you'd like the depth to be better than Thomas Hatch, Casey Lawrence, and Anthony Kay. Um, it's tough, and it's something the Jays will have to address between now and the deadline. I know most teams wait in all the way until the deadline. I do wonder if the Hyunjin Ryu situation and the shakiness of Kikuchi and to a lesser extent Gossman of late, if that ups the urgency and moves the timeline on it a little bit. Speaking of Gosman, he spoke post game and, and said, it's unfortunate to put the team in that situation. It's embarrassing to be honest, to go out and do that against the team I think we should beat. Maybe that sounds bad to say, but I think we should beat them more than we should lose to them. Honest take there from Gosman. Uh, yeah, you're not happy about taking only two of four against Baltimore. Like I think it was Billy said earlier calling in, the Orioles are not maybe not all on the rise yet, but they're plucky. They're annoying. Uh, we talked about this on earlier in the week on Jay's Talk Plus with Orioles fans about how they have transitioned now from being bad to being annoying. And that's the step in between. And maybe you don't get to being good. Maybe all these prospects they have in the high minors and, and reaching the majors now don't pan out. It's not like it would be the first time we've seen that happen with the Orioles organization. But for right now, they're plucky. They're annoying. And you can't take anything for granted. Gosman, I understand. Uh, being embarrassed might be too much, but it's, uh, yeah, him being hard on himself, you can understand that for sure. Um, again, he goes two and a third and allows seven runs, five of them earned. Tough day, tough, tough spot to put the bullpen in. Uh, although, no matter who they use out of the bullpen, the Jays just didn't get the offense going. That's pretty disappointing against a guy like Tyler Wells. Yes, his ERA is down to 362 on the year now. But he doesn't miss bats. That 
94 mile an hour fastball up in the zone is hittable. We've seen other teams do it. We've seen other lineups do it. The Jays didn't have much answer for him. Five hits over six innings. And then they scatter three more hits uh, across three bullpen innings from the Orioles. Nice little series for the Orioles bullpen. Even in losing two and, and obviously losing the walk-off last night. I might put that one more on the manager than the reliever personally. Pitching to Vlad in that situation. But what can you do? Uh, so the Jays take two of four. We have some texts in the text line. You can keep those coming at 590-590. Um, so Roger in the 905 asks, what would it mean for the Jays if they win the Yankees series versus losing it? Uh, does it change what the GM will do or the confidence? I think if you get swept, it's bad. You've had a stretch here where you're, you know, you took 14 to 20 or so against the AL Central and against um, Baltimore. And you lost ground in the division. You have to feel a little disappointed in that, even though you're playing better baseball. You have to also look at the fact that You've already played half your games against the Yankees. If your goal is the division and you're going to try to make an earnest run at closing that nine and a half game gap, you absolutely have to take care of the games that you have against them because you're not going to be able to control how the Yankees do against Tampa Bay or Baltimore or Kansas city or whoever you have to take care of the ones you have against them. So, you know, if you drop three in this series, well, the division's more or less out of reach. If you take three, maybe it's a conversation. If nothing else, you feel pretty good about you had a rough start to the season. Not bad, but not where you expected. Certainly not at the plate. And some of the explanation for that was you had a really difficult strength of schedule and you faced really difficult pitching on average. That's not anecdotal. That's true. We can quantify that stuff. And then you got really hot when the schedule got easier. What you would hope now is that getting hot against the easier schedule can translate against the better teams. It's a big test. I think against the Yankees, it's baseball. So a three game series, you're not going to, you're not going to go too far either way emotionally, but I do think that, you know, there's a chance to continue building some momentum and certainly shake off today's game against the Yankees. Uh, I paraphrase some of what Kevin Gosman said post game a moment ago. Uh, we have, audio of Kevin Gosman's comments uh, as well. He spoke, like I said earlier, he he said, it's embarrassing, to be honest, to go out and do that against a team I think we should beat. Uh, he also had this to say. You know, obviously, yeah, rough rough day at the ballpark. Um, you know, just um, tried to make adjustments, but couldn't. Uh, command just wasn't there. My fastball um, command of the split wasn't there either, you know. Um, you know, got through the first two innings uh, pretty unscathed. Um, thought I threw the ball pretty well, you know, making pitches in the first. But, uh, you know, just just didn't just didn't really have the energy today to kind of, you know, keep, uh, keep going. You know, just um, for whatever reason, just, you know, was really tired out there. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate. But, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, put the team in that situation. Uh, it's embarrassing, to be honest, you know, um, to go out and do that, um, you know, against a team that, you know, I think we should beat, you know. Um, maybe it sounds bad to say, but, you know, I think we should we should beat them more than we should lose to them. And, 
um, going for a, a series win and to go out and do that, you know, is, is unacceptable and uh, put the bullpen in a tough spot and, you know, probably going to have to make some moves now before the weekend. And so, you know, it just sucks. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, never happens to me, but um, when it does, you know, you feel like crap to, to put yourself and your team in that situation. That was Kevin Gosman speaking post game, pretty hard on himself there after giving up seven, five earned over two and a third. Uh, he also said later that he really wanted to go out there and shove it to them. To be honest, uh, that's the team that drafted him, the team he came up with. Uh, it was his first time ever playing against the Baltimore Orioles. Didn't go the way he wanted, uh, to say the least. Peter in Toronto is in the text line. You can keep those coming at 590, 590. I'm with you for a couple more minutes here. He says, I'm now rooting for the Yankees tonight against Tampa. Got a gun for the first wild card because finishing first is very unlikely. It's a long season. They're 63 games in, 64 games in. You got about 100 games left. I, I don't think you you have to do that quite yet, but the Yankees, they're not only up already, but when we talk about things like your chances of winning the division and we try to put percentages or, or likelihoods on that, you also have to account for the fact that you would now grade the Yankees as better than you did before. Yes, they have injury risks. Um, they have bullpen concerns. Everyone does. No team is going to be in 2022. I don't think any team's going to win 74% of their games for a whole season, but the Yankees grade out better now than you would have thought before the season. For example, Fangraphs had the Jays to win the division as the likeliest outcome before the season. Now it's very close. The gap is closed and the projection for the rest of the season, the Jays and the Yankees have the exact same projected rest of season record, which would mean, no, the Jays can't close that nine and a half game gap. Um, they see the Jays continuing to play pretty well, which is nice. That's encouraging. Um, that projection would have them holding down that top wildcard spot at the end of the season and hosting that series. So um, to your point, Peter, that's a, not only is that maybe a reasonable goal, but it's an achievable goal. You can still close that gap. It just starts this weekend and you have to do something in that series. Uh, you're looking at a tough one. It's the Yankees. Um, you'll be all right though. Uh, I don't think that taking only two of four against the Orioles is enough cause uh, to lose the optimism that's been built over the last little bit. Uh, this is still what's been the best offense in baseball over almost a month now, even better than the Yankees. The pitching hasn't held up uh, as well. The Yankees kind of continue to do that, but you miss Nestor Cortez. You miss Luis Severino. I don't know. The Yankees are really good. They've got a 281 team ERA. Uh, it's tough to find warts with them right now. A lot of the warts are, are all their guys going to stay healthy? What are they going to do? What are they going to be able to do at the trade deadline? It's uh, they're, they're in an easier position to work from, uh, I think. So you're seeing this weekend, Jordan Montgomery, 270 ERA so far this year. Some component stats that suggest he hasn't pitched that well because he's not missing a lot of bats. But even the component stats see him as a, a pretty good starter. Still, you'll get Jamison Tyon, who has a 293 ERA. 
also not striking out a ton of guys, but he doesn't walk anybody anymore. And then you get Garrett Cole, who absolutely strikes guys out. He's uh, the worst quote-unquote starter in this rotation right now with a 333 ERA. Degree of difficulty is going up this weekend. You would have liked to get this one today against the Orioles. Kevin Gosman said it himself, you can expect roster moves probably uh, between today and tomorrow to get reinforcements in that bullpen. Jeremy Beasley and Matt Gage deserving a ton of credit for eating five innings so that David Phelps was the only back-end reliever they had to burn ahead of the Yankees series. And those guys will almost surely be rewarded by being optioned to Buffalo, at least one of them, uh, for tomorrow. That's the life at the back of uh, at the back of the bullpen. But they do deserve uh, the credit and the appreciation for uh, coming through like that and saving the bullpen, because that could have been a lot worse getting down 7-1 in the fourth inning, giving you down 7 nothing at one point in the fourth inning, uh, with in the third inning, even with Kevin Gosman not getting out of the third, things could have got worse and worse and worse as that one went on. They didn't. It was just a run of the mill embarrassing loss in Kevin Gosman's words. So, again, your totals for today Baltimore 10 runs on 13 hits. Tyler Wells gets the win, improves the four and four with a 362 ERA. He goes six, allowing one earned on five hits. The Jays score two runs on eight hits. Santiago Espinal has a fielding error early on. Uh, the Jays go two for seven with runners in scoring position, leaves seven men on base. And maybe this is worth a concern heading into a series against uh, three starters who don't issue a lot of free passes. A big part of the Jays' turnaround offensively has been taking taking more walks and not taking walks for the sake of taking walks. They've been more selective in, in what they're attacking and what they're being aggressive with. They've only walked once over the last two games. The Yankees are not going to give a lot of free passes up on an average day out. So it's on the Jays to come in there with some some real game plans because I just read out the stats for that rotation. Garrett Cole, literally Garrett Cole, 333 RA, the worst starter in that rotation uh, so far. Thanks so much for sending in your your texts and your calls, guys. There were a handful that I didn't get to. I apologize for that, uh, but we're leaving you here in a minute. Thank you, though, for sticking around. Um, we'll have a lot more talk about this Yankee series, what it means, what we can look for from the Yankees tomorrow on Jays Talk Plus. I host that three to five weekdays. I'll be joined tomorrow by Lindsay Adler, James Wagner, and Caleb Joseph, who you heard on the call with Ben Wagner earlier today. And then Blair and Barker are back tomorrow to give you the post-game Jays Talk. Uh, thank you to J.R. Manitad and Brett Armstrong uh, for helping out on the Jays Talk post game here. And thanks again for sending in uh, all your texts and calls. The Blue Jays lose 10 to 2 to the Orioles, fall nine and a half back of the Yankees. Kevin Gosman doesn't get out of the third inning, calls it embarrassing. Bo Bichette, precautionary x rays were negative. He's fine for Charlie Montoyo. Matt Chapman missed today's game with a sore wrist. So keep an eye out for what that lineup looks like tomorrow as the Jays start a three-game series at Rogers Center with the Yankees. Uh, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow on Jays Talk Plus. Have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I've been Blake Murphy on Sportsnet 590, The Fan.